0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode is powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information or to get connected, check out their website, navigatorschurchministries.org. Justin, how are you, my friend?
1: Doing all right, Tony. Making it. It's been a long week, but uh, we're here, so...
0: Man, that that is like the season of life that we're into. Been a long week, but we're making it.
1: Yep. I think both of us have been out at the baseball fields with uh with snow falling this week. So uh that's springtime and yes. Yeah. I saw we're uh, it done.
0: I saw a meme the other day on Instagram that said, uh, Mother Nature Mother Nature, you're drunk. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh you know, that this idea of like of making it, it reminds me of a quote that I've kind of been noodling lately. It's from a, a movie. The movie's not really important. It's not really a great movie, but the quote is excellent. And the quote is a question I love to ask people when I'm coaching them: "Is the juice worth the squeeze?" Hmm. It's hmm. got a little. It's got a little ring to it, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's vivid imagery.
0: Yeah. I like it. And so you know, it's interesting. Is the juice worth the squeeze? It's it's this idea that is the pressure that's being applied to your life worth what's coming out of it you know if you think about orange juice you get orange juice by squeezing the oranges you can't get you can't get orange juice just by looking at it or patting the orange you know you've really you got to squeeze you got to apply some pressure and so the quote is really important when we think about like hey is the pressure that's being applied to my life worth the squeeze that's coming out of it is worth you know, is worth the juice coming out of it. And it reminded me of a quote that you gave me once about Uh-oh. disciple making. Oh yeah. It? Well, I, it was about weaknesses and I've heard you use the quote multiple times. So I was hoping that we could talk a little bit of, about this idea today. Could, first of all, could, do you remember the quote I'm talking about? No, not no. Yet. So it's this idea that, um, about, Disciple-making is difficult because it cuts to the core of who we are in a different way, right? Did I jog your memory enough?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, disciple-making cuts to the very core of all our weaknesses.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I desperately want to talk about this because I love disciple-making, and I know you love disciple-making, yet we both agree that it messes us up as humans. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it seems to be designed by God to uh run right through the valley or the core of our weaknesses because in order to do it well, um, we have to not only be honest about uh the things we struggle with, but we have to be willing to face them and to work on them. Mm. And so that's one of the things that I've learned over 20 plus years of making disciples, um, and I was actually sharing this morning with with my kids We're going through uh, the life of, of Jesus and in a harmony sort of way. So chronological way. And we're at this place and it's actually in Luke six um, where he is in the temple in the in the synagogue and was teaching. And this is right at the time where um, the heat's starting to be turned up on him from the Pharisees and some others. So the Pharisees are trying to trap him. And they're like, hey, Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he's like, well, huh, you tell me, is it is it lawful to do good or or to do evil on the Sabbath? And, and then, you know, there is this man in the story that has a shriveled hand. And they basically, it's a setup, right? So there's Jesus in the temple. There's the guy that needs healing. There's the Pharisees saying, hey, is it legal to heal anybody? And then he's like, well, if one of your... One of your animals fell into a pit. Would you like, would you help him out? And, and so he, he poses that question. And then the key and where I want to highlight in this story for us uh, today is the key is he looks at that guy Hmm. and then he says, stretch out your hand. Now, we've, most of us on this podcast have heard this story before. Sure. And let me ask this question Um, What do you think happened when Jesus said, stretch out your hand?
0: He put his hand out? Which one? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I know the scripture, so I, I know he puts his shriveled hand out, right? Like that's kind yeah. of the idea, but right? inter- so he I never puts, thought about it.
1: He stretches out his shriveled hand. Now, he didn't have to. He had another hand to choose from that he could have stretched out. He could have put out his other hand. Yeah. And now it would have you know been a different story had he done that. But what Jesus asked him to do was put out in front of everyone the weakness that he had. And then he took that weakness and then he made it whole. Wow. Right. And I think in disciple making, there is, uh, it causes us to stretch out uh, the weakness that we have. And so we've talked on this podcast before about being relational or being intentional. I mean my my weakness one of my big weaknesses in life that I've worked on for 20 plus years now is is being more relational having a a, a sense and a being capable of loving people in ways that they're capable of experiencing it as love um, and that's been really hard for me now you've talked about Tony how one of your weaknesses is intentionality sure right and how that has really been stretching for you in the in the process of becoming a disciple maker, right? So I think that that reminded me this morning of just what what you brought up today is that uh, it runs right through the core of our weakness because if if we're going to be for somebody who Jesus is to us, then it requires us to stretch through our weaknesses, and that's really hard to do.
0: Yeah, what, what's super interesting about this idea is that. Um, you know, we we all have physical weaknesses. I'm I'm probably never going to make it to the NBA. I'm just not. Well, I'm I'm actually. Let's be honest. I'm never going to make it over six feet tall, um. Which you know is what it is. But th- there's also like, there's the the physical kingdom of God which we're trying to build, but it parallels with the spiritual kingdom of God. I had somebody on the Reclamation Podcast recently, Pastor Randy Frazee, and he talked about how that there are always two battles happening at the same time. There's the physical battle, the flesh and blood, right, which is your skin, and it's your, you know, it's actually getting up and opening up the Bible in the morning and doing your quiet time. But then there's also the spiritual battle that's kind of raging in the background on a on a completely different plane or parallel that that is happening, and I I think. As we talk about this, we have to realize that cutting to the core of our weaknesses is part of how God wants to prepare us for the spiritual battle. We have to 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 rise above the flesh and blood and lean in to this spiritual battle. Does, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely that if if we are going to be a part of building someone and making them into a disciple and a disciple maker that we're we're entering into all that right it's a it's a flesh and blood sort of battle but there's spiritual things that are happening there's forces of darkness that really don't want it to happen and so it is it's serious business right it's not just some you know hobby that we're engaging in like oh dum-de-dum. Let's see see how this goes today. No, we have to be prepared for what it is that God's called us into when we think about becoming a mature disciple and helping others to do the same.
0: Yeah. And and I think there's a kind of a, a role here that is dependence around the Holy Spirit. You know, and and anytime we talk about spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, rising above the flesh, we need to include the Holy Spirit because Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the great advocate. The Holy Spirit's advocating for us to do more than what we could ever do on our own. And in order to get there, we have to surrender it and and multiply what we've, you know, and, and kind of pray and trust God to multiply what we've surrendered for something eternal. Very similar to the the story that you shared from Luke 6 right we've got to show our weaknesses and know that god is going to use this and, yeah. and i'm reminded in my life um about you know i've i've shared in multiple places about my addictive personality right and and that's just a part of who i am and i, I really have to struggle with it and and i'll never forget the day that i realized that drinking in my case had control over me and, and it, I was with a group of, of laity um, leaders in the church and, and we were doing recovery ministry. I was assigned to be the recovery pastor. I was new to it. I didn't really know. And we're sitting around a group and one of the guys in the group is named Steve H. And he looked at me and he said, Tony, uh, is it okay if we have a tough conversation with you? And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I said, of course, of course, Steve. And he goes... Hey, listen. We've seen your social media stuff, and it looks like you're pretty open about the fact um, that you enjoy the adult beverage on occasion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I grew up, I grew up Catholic, and that was just part of our family culture—big families and cocktails and all of these things. And you know, which is fine. There's no judgment in that. And this is what he said next. He goes, "We want you to consider not drinking while." you serve as the pastor of the recovery community of this church.
1: Hmm.
0: And man, I, I'll tell you that I, I got really mad. I didn't get mad externally, but internally yeah. I was like, how dare they ask me to stop drinking, right? And, and I sometimes this happens to me where I'll think about something and then I'll begin to really stew on it. And so by the time I had gotten home that night, uh, I had stewed on the idea that an inanimate object, a.k.a. alcohol in this case, could make me so mad mm. in, in my ability to reach someone for the gospel, Yeah, right? And so for me, it, it kind of like this idea, like, hey, I want to reach the next person. I want to make disciples. I want to do the work that God has called me to. And I'm going to have to really deal with this, what turned out to be a really big coping mechanism in my life an unhealthy coping mechanism. And I had to surrender it to the cross in the hopes that God would use it. Now, thank God he has, yeah. right. But, but the battle doesn't end there for me, at least it, it you know, it's still a process of figuring out what coping mechanisms I'm using. I don't drink anymore, but, um, I, I it's, it's still, that's kind of the process, you know, D- does that resonate with you on a deep level?
1: Yeah, I think what I, what I hear you saying is that that's an instance where, you know, in order to invest in these guys, yeah, you had to deal with something in your own life, right? And that there's a, there's a holiness element to making disciples and to being a disciple, right? And so to the degree that we are, that we are dealing with our stuff, mm. we're able to help other people deal with their stuff. Right. If we're not dealing with our own, then we're not going to help other people. Right. Not effectively. We're going to we're going to put out our healthy hand and say, look at all this, you know, look at all these good things I have instead of putting out. Well, you know, I'm sure you didn't share this part of the story, but I'm curious, like as you dealt with that and did that, was were there conversations that you had with those same guys?
0: I mean, it it developed a sense of intimacy as Mm -hmm. they walked me through the process in in a in a really like deep personal loving uh, Jesus style you know what i mean like it, it it had to have felt like when jesus was with the 12 disciples cuz now we're doing life together through something that's really challenging tough vulnerable all the
1: all the feelings you know right yeah yeah i love that because that is you know a lot of people think well in order to become a disciple maker i have to have all my stuff together Right, I have to have a perfect life, et cetera, and that is a barrier for a lot of people because they well, they know that's not them, and it's not me, it's not you. But when we see that, no, even our weaknesses, God uses for His glory and for the growth of others and for our growth. But we have to be willing to put it out there, right? We have to be willing to um, to communicate about it in the context of relationships that have trust and you know that it's appropriate, and so. You know, that's a perfect example of that. I think for me, um, some of the experiences that come to my mind are just, you know, a hardness of heart that I've had in the past of, you know, guys who haven't um, done the things that I think they need to do. And it's a cycling relationship or they've been a little bit flaky and coming or not. Mm-hmm. And instead of um, looking at, you know, what are the things that I'm doing in the relationship that might be causing them to not want to return? Um, I would castigate them or blame them, um, talk about them to other people that I was in ministry with, um, not in a gossipy sort of way, but in a frustrated sort of way. Um, And it wasn't until I really began to look at and some people that were close to me began to say, well, you know, Justin, why do you think that keeps happening? Well, I don't, people aren't really that interested in disciple making, apparently. That's (laughs) that's how I wanted to process it, right? I love Um, it. But the reality was uh, they may have been very interested in growing as a disciple. They just weren't interested in in me helping them do that because my relational skills at the time were not at a place where they could receive love from me. Even though I was trying in some some way to show that I cared for them, um, I was missing a lot. And so, you know, I still look back on some of those instances and, you know, there's a, there's a sense of regret and it sometimes it's shameful, like not that it needs to be because I know that the cross covers that mm-hmm. um, and it was never a malicious or intentional thing on my end. But, you know, it's been hard because if I wasn't making disciples though, I would have not had to deal with those things at the depth that I've had to deal with them for the duration that I've had to deal with them, you know, over two decades now. Um, but I think that's part of why Jesus offers us this opportunity to make disciples is because it's not only for other people, it's for us because as we're making disciples, we are growing as disciples. Yeah. Right. And so we have to, it runs right through the core of our weaknesses if we're going to do it well. And so, you know, you mentioned at the, at the top, Tony, the juice is worth the squeeze. Mm. Um, And for me, that's one of the biggest reasons why disciple making is worth the squeeze, because if, if I'm doing it well, then I am becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, church word that we use for that is sanctification. But ultimately, what we're talking about is transformation, right? How how can I be more like Christ every day and everything I do? I I once had a a church member. We're we're talking about reaching the lost, and this didn't come from a very like it it didn't come from a negative place. It was more inquisitive, and and the church member said, "You know, Tony, what about the people that are here? You know, what are we doing for them?" And I said, "You know." And I really believe this, that if if ultimately we want to grow the people that are here, teach them how to reach the lost. <laughs> because right. when you've got to go out and teach the faith, then it, it's going to change your faith. And when you've got to go out and make disciples, it's going to change the way that you are a disciple.
1: Right. Yeah, Completely. Completely. And the other thing I think is the opportunity that, that we have in disciple making. And we kind of touched on this earlier with the spiritual uh, battle and the physical battle. And, you know, God has really given us an opportunity to uh, meaningfully impact and build an eternal kingdom. And I can't think of anything that, that I could give myself to on the earth that would be more significant than that. Mm. Right. I mean, if you think of, who was the most famous person on earth in 750 AD? I don't know. I I don't know either. <laughs> the thing is, um, I there might be a listener out there that knows, but most of us don't have that at the top of our minds, right? right? We don't even know. The most famous person in the world, you know, a couple hundred years later, nobody even knows who they are. Right. And so if we're giving ourselves to fame or fortune or pleasure, all that's temporal, it's fleeting. But when we give ourselves to building an eternal kingdom, that will never end. It will never go away. And the the part that we have in in building it is something that, you know, Scripture talks about, we will have treasures in heaven for the things that we do here on earth. And so, you know, that's another really motivating thing for me that makes uh, disciple making worth the trouble.
0: Yeah. There's that last line in Matthew 28. Um, he says, I, the very last line is, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age, right? Like this, this is part of that promise. This is part of that, um, instruction. And, and you you found an incredible quote from E.M. Bounds. I, I was hoping you'd share it with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian Bounds, a guy who was writing in the 1800s, said this. He said, the church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. And of course, um, Men is the mankind, right? Not just guys, but all of us who are choosing to do this. And I love this quote because it is that's what that's who God uses. He uses people to accomplish his purposes. And so it's not about the methods, it's not about it's about are we going to trust him that he's going to use us? And it's really that vision, right? The vision that God can use me, he's called me to this, and he will. He will use me as I'm faithful. Uh, that will help carry us through uh, whatever struggles we, we come across.
0: So as we wrap up today's dialogue, I want to give you a takeaway that's super practical. It's to develop a vision that carries you through your weakness. Develop a vision that carries you through your weakness. And the action step kind of follows that, right? Take the next step, whatever the next step might be, in developing your vision. Maybe it's writing it down. Maybe it's memorizing a verse. Maybe it's sharing it with someone. And if you don't have anybody to share it with, email us, right? Email Justin or myself. We're more than happy to take a look at your vision around disciple-making and what we can do to help with that. Guys, I'm so thankful that you joined us today. I'm so thankful that we get to be on this journey of disciple-making together. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I know more pastors today that are engaged in the disciple-making process than ever before. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many of us knowing this is the next step for what God has called us to. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, the best compliment you can give us is to share this episode with a friend. Somebody texted me the other day and said, Tony, I just shared the episode with a friend. And I literally like gave a big yeah out loud because I'm so excited when we get the word out about disciple making in the church and in the world. So thank you guys so much and look forward to connecting with you real soon.